No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and I'm live here in studio, and it is off-season. Taxes are going. Everyone is needing to get those taxes filed on time. And remember, if you haven't filed taxes for 2017, I'm sorry, 2018 or 2019, you probably haven't seen the stimulus, and you will be able to get that stimulus money if you file your 2020s. So you can go ahead and file 2020, even if you haven't filed 1819. So just keep that in mind that you can you can go in different orders. I've done it more more than once. Um, so you, you know just do what you need to do. Make sure you're filing your taxes. Get back on track because it's never easy once you get off track to be able to do things you want. If you've got questions and you want to join the show, you can. We're live today at 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. And we'll take your calls. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, which basically means that's what I do all the time is taxes and representation. Um, and I know that uh, many of you guys have been, if you haven't used our services in the past, you will find right now that we're kind of full as far as uh, getting clients in unless you're willing to file an extension. And then we'll do our best to, to try to do something. All my returning clients, of course, we still have more than enough time on the calendar to get you squared away and taken care of. We'll be working our ways through these weekends as we go. But if you do want to join the the show and you can at 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Time to ask your questions. And it looks like the phone lines are lighting up really good. So my big guy over there in the studios is having fun. You want to go hit line one and I'll take that while you work the other ones. Hey, Lynn, this is Dr. Friday. Hi, Dr. Friday. I was calling. We have a rental that uh, we've had losses on for a couple or three years due to the fact that we make too much money to claim it. I was wondering if we sell that rental and make a profit, can we offset those losses that we weren't able to claim? A hundred percent, yes. So sometimes it's nice. Um, when we're unable to claim all of our losses, because then when we actually do do the sales, we can offset those losses directly. You get a hundred percent of whatever you haven't been able will automatically come in because obviously that rental is no longer in existence. So they will be able to wash all of that against that at that time. Okay. And then one other quick question sure. is, uh, is uh, the profit that you gain on that, is that taxed the same as capital gains tax or is that taxed as regular income? So there's two sides to any time we have rental property. You're going to have the capital gains, assuming that you owned it over over one year, you'll have long-term capital gains on the difference between your purchase price and the sale price, but then the recapture of depreciation that we've been taking all those years will actually come back as ordinary income, and that's where your losses will offset that particular situation because you didn't get the advantage of taking those losses uh, during the time when you had it. So uh, recapture of depreciation is ordinary income tax. And then the sale price is actually capital gains, assuming it's over one year. Okay. So I'm more than likely uh, all the stuff that we've reached the the depreciation, we wouldn't, we would get that back because we would 
we never got to claim that for several years. Correct. That's going to be a wash, assuming, I mean, if it has never been claimed, then it'll be a complete wash, but maybe there's a year or two you were able to claim some of it. Those years, then you'll have to recapture. But yes, that's the correct answer. And then capital gains, is that still 15%? Assuming that you guys' joint income is less than 250,000 with the gains, yes. If it isn't, then there's an additional 3.8. And then if it's over like 465, you could be at uh, 23.8. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lynn. Appreciate it. All right, yeah, let's just go to line two. Hey, Matt, what's happening? Hi, uh, I have two concerns about my tax refund. I filed my 2020 tax return electronically on February 15th. As of this coming Monday, that will be four weeks ago. Uh, And that very day on February 15th, I got an email from both the IRS and from Tax Act. I used Tax Act to file that my return had been accepted by the IRS on February 15th. And yet when I go to the IRS website to check my refund status, the IRS says that it cannot find any information on my refund. Well... I, I mean, normally when you e-file, it will show up within a couple of weeks. I will say that that's the case, um, that there is. I have had a couple people that, you know, they, they looked one time and then like the next day they found it. But they do tell you 21 days and those are working days. And normally you've had a couple weekends in there. So it hasn't been quite 21 days. I don't believe I have, I don't have my calendar in front of me, Matt, so I don't know for sure, but it's getting very, very close. Cause like you say, the 15th is not this Monday, but next Monday, and that would be a 30 day period. So, um, you've got to be getting close. I, I mean, you can't even contact them until after the 21st day, because they basically say there's nothing they can do, but I would, I would just keep looking and seeing if you keep watching that thing. It may, as long as you've got confirmation from the company that you use to e-file, I would say that maybe it was just the timing. I do know that the IRS had some problems with some of the e-files because there was so many on 212. Sounds like you did on the few days after that, but I would, you know, if you've got confirmation, it should actually be in there. You can try calling, but I've never found that there's a lot of success in, in the phone calls because most of the time they'll just tell you that um, at this time we're processing, you know, um, you might want to at least give it another week or two before you uh, start figuring out what the next step is. And then you'll probably have to call your software company and see if they can track it through their e-file services. Yeah, it concerned me that they couldn't even find it. And so I'm still processing and having any problem with it, but they... And they couldn't even, based on the information I put in, they couldn't even find my return. Well, that's what I say. I mean, they usually either say they don't have it or they have it. I've never seen anything between. So they either have it sitting in there or they don't have it sitting in there. But again, I don't know for sure in our system, it, that's, it's either an all or nothing in a sense. So when you go onto irs.gov and put in your information to see where your refund is, it's either going to say, we don't have your return or we've received it and we're processing, um, or, you know, they've already sent out the, the refund thing, but, um, I would say give it a little bit more time because it, it has been really busy. And then, uh, you might want to call your software company, uh, whoever you use to do it and see if they can track it through e-services. Uh, there is a phone number that all of us that have e-file numbers that we can call and track an e-file account. Okay. One other thing, if I may, uh-huh. um, I've received a couple of text messages on my cell phone giving me a TurboTax access code. 
and I use Tax Act to file my return, but it's given me twice now a supposedly a TurboTax access code to put in to file my TurboTax, which I'm not using. Yeah, I would say one of two things. Either the phone number you have had somebody that actually at one point used TurboTax and they're trying to get access to their account and that number is not obviously theirs any longer. Um, Or it's a scam and you should do nothing with it. Either way, it has nothing to do with you. So I would just delete those text messages because you never know what people are going to do with it. Okay. Thanks very thank, much for help. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. No problem. Appreciate you listening. Thanks, Matt. All right. Let's go down to Gary. Hey, Gary, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, I've got a pension plan, a defined pension plan, and I'm going to uh-huh. be cashing out of it here soon. And, and, Apparently, what they do is they they return your contributions, and then there's another portion that's part part of the defined pension plan annuity that they pay you in uh, after tax money to settle with you. But my contributions, they return those to me, which are before tax money. Wait, those were those were after tax. After money. tax money, yeah, I'd say the 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 contribution would be the after tax, and then yes. the settlement would be the growth. Therefore. That would be the pre-taxed, or um, yeah, the ones you'd have to pay tax on, because you contributed. I'm assuming with after-tax dollars for this, or pre-tax dollars. Correct, uh, after-tax dollars, and when they okay. return those, my question is, can I put that in a Roth? No. I, I mean, to- well, you can't roll it over. I mean, a defined, and I'm not a. Let me put this little caveat out there. I'm not a financial planner. So this is something Hank Parrott, my financial guy should probably answer. You can possibly roll the entire thing over into an IRA, but any, uh, I would say that most of that is not able to be rolled over into a Roth. Just the fact that the Roth is have to be, um, it's, there's only so much per year that you can put in. There's limitations and, um, you can do conversions, but you've already paid tax on this money, so I don't believe you can move it in there because it's not a conversion. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm you, trying to find out, figure out what to do with it all, and uh, uh, just do, do you have? Ask. Yeah. Hey, do you have a financial guy that you deal with? If not, I can give you a phone number of my guy. He's been a great. And you may have heard him before on the radio as well, but his name's Hank Parrott. And yeah, a, yeah grab a, a pen, pen real quick, and I will give you his direct cell phone number. Because if I'm working on a Saturday, I think he should have to work too. All right, I got a pen. Okay, 615-202-9009. And just tell him Dr. Friday referred, and he can answer that question much better than I can. Very good, thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, moving right along, let's go to number four, Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, Dr. Friday, how are you? I am good. I have to give you a quick little uh, shout out because I'm a CPA and I do, uh, I'm a controller by day, but I do a little bit of tax prep from years and years uh, on the side. And it's very fun listening to you because you're very helpful to me when some of the tax law changes, I listen in and it's, uh, it it, it really helps me to uh, learn about some of the changes. Thanks for listening. I have two questions. Okay. I have two, two questions. Um, do you know, uh, I heard that, that the AICPA is asking um, the IRS to right. move the deadline to June 15th. What are you hearing about that? I've heard the same information, but the IRS has come down and said they have no plans to move the deadline. Ah, okay. Good to know. Thank you. 
Uh, other question is, when I'm preparing uh, the 2020 returns, there's a, a portion of my software that has the both of them, and I keep getting questions from my uh, clients, and I don't know how to answer this. Um, if they did not get their second rebate till 2021, are we uh, list, listing that or, or not putting it on the 2020 return? Does that make sense? We we are listing them. So even though okay. they are, they, they're reconciling it. So yes, we're listing that it was received, even though that's very confusing, Liz. And I've had the same questions every time because they're like, well, I didn't get until 2021, but you and I are just reconciling. Did they, or did they not get it so that they can get it on their return if they did not receive the money? Um, so yes, we're, we're reporting it, not taxable, but we're reporting it to make sure people can still get all their funds that they're entitled to. Okay, great. Because I've got, uh, of course, you know, when you're asking your CPAs and your returns or enrolled agent, you, you're, uh -huh. it's a little more complicated usually. So a lot of these people did not get their rebate. So I'm putting, you know, a minus one in my software, which tells it it's not received. So they're getting a big chunk. Uh, they're actually getting a refund from that. Right, and because so if their 2020 cool. income, if their 2020 income was low enough, you know, for them to actually qualify, because what's happening with some of my people is that um, their 2019 income was higher than their 2020. Therefore, they are getting it on the tax return, but they weren't getting it from the original mailouts, right? So right. Um, I'm with you on that exact same thing. And uh, I hear that the bill just passed the Senate, so we'll find out what they reconcile for the next one to make our life exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of fun listening to you, and I appreciate well, that you're doing this show. Makes thanks. me miss doing it full time. <laughs> there you go. Well, I appreciate you listening. Thanks so much, Liz. Thank you. Hey, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back to Michael and Judy and Gary. As soon as we come back, this is the Dr. Friday Show. We'll be right back. live in studio and thank you Gary and Judy for holding through the break why don't we go ahead and hit Judy real quick yes. hey Judy what's going on I want to know about a life estate my mother passed away in 19, 2015 and we're just now settling it I got it from the escrow company of 1099 do I have to pay taxes on that most likely is it a 1099R 1099S. Oh, okay. 1099. So there was an asset sold. So this would have been um, a home or a piece of property was sold. Right. Um, so whoever's doing the taxes, or if you normally mm -hmm. don't, you're going to need someone to take a look because there could have been capital gains depending on when mom passed away and when they sold it. It may have been worth more when they sold than when the day she passed away because real estate here has been increasing quite a bit. Um, so you would need to talk to someone, I think you're in Manchester, someone in that area probably could answer your question, but you definitely need to get a tax professional there to, if you don't have one, to look at that paperwork and help you work through that capital gains. You may be in a low enough income bracket, don't know you, so, but if you don't normally have to file, it may be that it, there's not enough profit, but you do need someone to double check that for you, Judy, because a 1099-S just says exactly how much money they sold it for. It doesn't report basis, so the government's going to think that's all your money. Okay. Do I need an appraisal? Well, yes. Are, were you the only person inheriting, or was there more than one of you? There was uh, four. I would actually, yeah, try to talk to the other ones and see if some, one of them has already had someone maybe give a uh, basis for it. Okay. 
And okay. Then what schedule does it go on? D is in dog. Okay. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, Judy. All right. Let's take Gary, who's waited a very long time. Gary, thanks for holding. You bet. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, with all the folks uh, working from home during this COVID-19, uh, uh, does that affect your taxes any? Uh, is there any credits or, or uh, extra money you have to pay for that or whatever? There is no tax advantage. The one thing I heard in one of the meetings from a representative from the IRS I thought was funny because they're saying you, do, you don't get to take off your house, but you didn't have the wear and tear on your car. So they felt that was a good wash. I don't know if I totally agree, but I thought it was kind of a humorous approach to it. But no, there is no 2106. So there's no place to put a home office for anyone that is working with a W-2. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. All right. Those were great questions, guys. And if you want to join the show, you certainly can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And I will tell you, Gary, I probably get that question um, almost every single time I do taxes nowadays. Anyone that's been um, reverted to home, a lot of them are thinking that there should have been something out there for them to be able to use their home office uh, because they're using their own utilities, their own uh, situations. And like I said, uh, one of the IRS people that I was talking to, they basically felt that there was a fair change because you weren't having to use your car and put as many gas miles or wear and tear on your vehicle. Um, so maybe that'll make you feel a little better. I don't really know. Um, it just depends on how much time and how little you had to use your car normally. So if you have questions, again, you can join us, 615-737-9986. We did just hear that the Senate passed the bill, so now we have to merge the Senate and the House bills together. But it does sound like um, they may have, on the Senate bill, it sounds like they reduced a married couple to 100000 or less. If you remember on the last stimulus, it was 150 um, thousand or less, um, or basically there was a phase out, but thereabouts. So it's going to be interesting to see what we end up with for if you're married or single, what the limitations on income to get the third stimulus. All right, let's hit Randy. Randy's on the line. Uh, hey, hey, Randy, Dr. what Friday, you got? Enjoy your show. Thanks. Hey, Dr. Friday, I really enjoy your show. Got a quick question. When it comes to capital gains and how the capital gain tax and also your, uh, your income tax uh, how they relate when it comes to paying in on one versus the other. And I guess what I'm saying is, as I've heard people say, well, your your capital gains goes on your income and your income is taxed on the rate of those, of that total. No. You don't pay income tax on the capital gains, but does that increase, increase your income in a way that it causes you to pay actually a higher percentage on your income tax? No, it really doesn't. What it does make is you high, higher percentage on your capital gains. So basically, they do look at your overall total income, including your capital gains, to figure out what your capital gains rate is. Because if you're single, the first up to first two hundred thousand thereabouts is 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 roughly or staying in the um, is about the fifteen percent. Then when you hit about two hundred, you have another three point eight for what I call the Medicare tax that they put in with the Obamacare. And then it goes up to like 400000 So depending on where the overall income is, is what percentage you're going to pay for your capital gains rates. Okay. So that's where the, okay, that's where it comes in. Yeah. So example, I guess if you, if you're making $60,000 joint income, uh, 60 to 70,000 married filing mm -hmm. jointly, and you sell a piece of property for a hundred thousand uh, right. dollars, is you're there be in the a point at which you pay bracket. zero capital gains? 
If you, under that same exact scenario, if you were making 60 to 70 and let's say you sold a piece of land for 20, if you kept your overall income less than a hundred thousand, you would have been in the 0% capital gains rate. Okay. But okay. not well, just selling the property. Better than a hundred. You, you, you still fall in. To There's the, no zero then all or nothing. So if you make 101 okay. with the sale, then everything is taxed at the next rate, which is 15%. 15%. Okay. All right. Well, that answers the question. Thanks for calling. I appreciate Gary. Uh, Randy, sorry. <laughs> Too many Gary's hey, in my very life. Much. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's hit Tom. Hey, Tom, what's happening? Uh, yes. Uh, you said Tom, I'm sorry? Yes, you. Yes, Tom. You know, I, went to a, I went to a tax preparation service, and they did my taxes. And uh, it was just a simple form, a uh, 10, uh, 1040 SR. And uh, I ended up owing four hundred dollars, which was which was fine. I expected, uh -huh. I really actually expected that. But after I examined it, I went home, and after started examining sure. it, I see where where they had left something off. The uh, I have a small uh, dividend. It was a ten ninety nine div mm -hmm. on box eleven, which was the uh, tax exempt dividend. There was a small amount of $162, which should have been reported on line 2A. Now, it's my understanding that that line 2A doesn't really affect my income. Correct. But when, but when they went back in, I, I wanted it to refile. And they, they refiled, made the change because I wanted it correct, even though mm -hmm. it's just sure. a, an anomalous amount. It increased my tax that I owe by $18. And my question is, I said, well, how can that happen if it doesn't have any bearing on my income? Uh, you know, if I had done this on paper instead of electronically, I would not, you know, I would have not picked up the fact that there was state tax involved. And that's what the explanation was, that there's state tax involved. And I beg to differ that. State do you you live in Tennessee, correct, Tom? Excuse me. Do you live, live in Tennessee? In Tennessee? Okay. Yeah, I live in well, Tennessee. Well, so. we have Why the whole income tax, but that wouldn't have kicked in because you have an exclusion of twelve hundred dollars. Um, so that would be there is no state tax involved. No. So why would my uh, why would I owe more? I don't know. When? I just put one in one of my returns, and it shows zero. I have a feeling they didn't put it in right. Because I just put one in just to see if it would change. Because I'm like you, I just put it in, added $118 to the return I was working on, and it had a zero effect for tax exempt. So I'm not too it, sure what they did. I don't know, but I think what I'm going to do is just leave it alone. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you should. It should have a zero effect. The IRS would look at it as a zero effect. There should right. be no reason for it to have a taxable situation. If it was high enough where it would have caused a hall tax or something, that's a different conversation. But absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, so I think, if I, just, I think that if, if I just lay it low, if they want to give me an eighteen dollar credit at the end for next year, yeah, you know, so be it. They, they can do it. But I, I just. This could really cloud the matter if I go back in and have them correct it again, don't you? I agree. I, I don't think they corrected it the first time right, but the IRS could catch that as well. They're pretty good sometimes on you know the interest being on the wrong line, but it sounds like to me they did not put it in the proper box. 
you know, for the tax you. purpose. So I think they, they just made a mistake accidentally for some reason. But yeah, it should have a zero effect on you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave it okay. alone. Take care, guys. Thank you. No problem, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate all the phone calls. We're going to get ready to take a second break here. If you want to join the show, you can, because we got to keep our Lavilius very uh, busy in the office there because he has nothing else to do. Ha ha. You can call us here, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, and we're going to be right back. <laughs> studio we're having a great time it's a wonderful saturday out there perfect day to be working on taxes if you've got questions this is the show 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 taking your calls and we've got john on the line so let's go to john from the borough hey john hey, hey dr friday what can i do for you uh, well i follow my taxes i've been doing them with turbo tax since uh they raise the itemized, the standardized deduction, so don't really have to itemize and don't get enough stuff for that. But this year, when I filed them, I have won. Me and my wife both have won a contest. It's where you entered your name and your address and everything online, and there was no cost to it. And both of us won is a total of around twenty two hundred dollars. And when I done it on there, they bumped me up to their deluxe because it had to go. It was on a 1099 miscellaneous, and which that cost me $40. Well, right. and then when I printed out my tax return after yep. I e-filed it, yep. they listed it as gambling winnings. Right. So is that so where that was supposed other to wind income, up? But yeah, it's gambling winnings, and now under the current one, you really don't have any place to write it off. But yes, it is gambling winnings. Okay. All right. I didn't realize it would be that without uh, there being any uh, chance of me losing anything. I wasn't gambling anything, just my information to them. Well, I think they're basically considered, anytime you enter a contest, it's in theory based on the rules. It's basically gambling, even though I hear it. You're saying it's not like you went to the casinos and put some money in and had a chance to win or lose. You just put your name in. If you won, you won. If you didn't, there's no money out of pocket, so you didn't actually have the chance to lose. But answer your question it's still practically considered uh other income on your tax return yes sir okay so at what rate was that tax that is it the same rate as everything else or yep ordinary okay all right thank you very much thank you sir appreciate it thank you bye-bye all righty. Again, if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about my favorite subjects, which is taxes. And I know this year is a bit different than some, um, besides the fact that a lot of people or many people are having to do 1099Gs, which is, of course, for um, unemployment. You also have to be dealing with interest, dividends, stock sales. I have uh, quite a few people that did some stuff in the stock market where they hadn't done that in the past. So my secret to all this is, guys, I think you need to step back, 
review your taxes because I've had probably about six or seven, more than normal, let me put it that way, more than normal people having to amend tax returns because they immediately had them done and we thought, oh, okay, they're finished. And then they get something else in the mail, which then, you know, or, or an email or whatever, and it becomes something much more and we have to change it and amend it. Now, sometimes it's not enough to make a difference. Other times it is enough to make a difference. So we like to make sure that we have everything that we have going so that we can make sure we're in the right track and, and doing what we need to do. And, um, you know, don't, don't rush to get it filed, I guess is all I'm going to say. Make sure you file it and make sure you've got it completely done so that we have it ready to go into that situation and move forward with that one. So if you've got questions, again, you can pick up the phone, 737-998-6615, Let's go ahead and hit Brian at line one when you have a second boss. All right, Brian's online. Uh, yeah, I just had a question about my taxes that I filed this year. My uh, interest for my mortgage, I got the, um, what is it, 1098 form or whatever it is right. that I yes. got in the mail, and it said my interest was, let's say, $800, but then I was paying my mortgage online and happened to look at the form online, and it says that my interest paid on the same form was $7,800. Yeah. I would think, I mean, if you but paid for a whole year. And I've already got my tax return back. Um, I don't know how much you have, Brian, in charity if you're single or you're married, but it's still very hard to itemize. Single. Single. So you would have to have 12400 to even itemize. So even if it was 78 plus your current property taxes, unless you have quite a bit in charity, which you could, I'm just, I don't know you, but it may not have made any difference anyways. Okay. Does that make sense? Because you you'd have to still exceed the $12,400, which you took. Okay. So ultimately it makes, it would make not really any difference. I don't need to refile or anything like that. That's correct. I mean, you can certainly take a look. I mean, if you did your taxes yourself, I, I don't know, but you could just look and see what does your yeah. property taxes and your mortgage interest, if you add those two together along with any charitable contributions, if those don't add up to $12,400, it's not going to make a difference. You would have still had the exact same return you have today. Thank you. Okay. Thank no problem. You. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Let's take Greg. Hey, Greg, what's happening? Hey there, I am 66 years old, and last April I started receiving my Social Security benefits, but I'm still working full-time. So my question is, uh, when I'm doing my taxes, do I take my Social Security benefits um, and add it to my um, work income? And then my wife is filing jointly with me. She's been retired, so I have her Social Security uh, and that's all the income she has. Do I add all those up and then whatever the total is, they're going to tax me or do I get taxed on my Social Security money? So the most they can tax your Social Security is 85% of it. So you would never have 100% taxed, but it would depend on how much your paycheck is. Since you're working a real job, Greg, still, um, you know, you'd have to take Basically, what you do is you take half of your income, I mean, take 100% of your W-2 and half of your Social Security. If that adds up to more than like $35,000 as a married couple, then you're going to have 50 to 85% of your, your Social Security tax. There is a provisional tax code that works with that. Do you know what, what your W-2 is roughly? How much did you have in your W-2? Yeah, my W-2 is about 43000 
Okay. So you're going to have 85% of your social security taxed because okay, if you take half so of your social security plus the 44, you're going to be in the top bracket for, for taxation. Okay. So I'm so not sure. Am so I you're going to take 85% of your social security. You're going to take 85% of your wife's social security and the total of your W2. That's going to be your taxable income. Well, then you'll take okay. off your standard okay. deduction and from there on. Yes. All right. All right. I got that. Thank okay. you so much. I appreciate no problem. Thanks, Greg. All right. Let's hit Rose. I like that name. Hey, Rose. Hey, Rose. Uh, this is Rosie. Um, um, uh, so my friend is, well, I do my own taxes. Um, cool. I was, used to be an accountant in my prior life. And so she called me. And she, she does TurboTax. She's a TurboTax. Her husband died this year. Mm. And so when she did TurboTax this year, it kept on telling her that it wasn't acceptable. Told her after a couple of days it was not accepted. And they told her to, that her AGI didn't match last year's. And so that's, she... That seems to be a common, Rosie, that a lot of people run into. I don't really know why. She may have to paper file because the 1310 form, you know, where if there's a refund, the spouse is going to get in. Sometimes they require us to mail those returns in, but um, it has nothing to do with the adjusted gross. So she's trying to hit the e-file and they're saying it doesn't match so that it's not able to accept. Yes. And, and she called TurboTax and TurboTax told her to paper file too. But why does she have to paper file? Because the year in which someone passes away, there's, if there's a refund, there's a separate form that we have to attach. I think it's a 1310. Um, and that one requires, you know, to say, is the court appointed her? Is she the spouse that's receiving? They can't just release money just to anyone, right? I mean, because the person has passed away. Yeah, it's a 1310 form. And that usually has to be hand submitted or, you know, does mailed she, in. Does she need to... Does she need to like print that uh, thirteen ten off the IRS.gov then? No, it should be on her tax return because when there's a refund, they should automatically kick it in. At least uh, I use a professional version of TurboTax, so it should do the same thing, I would think. But you might want to make sure she attaches it because it can be sent separately as well. But the 1310 form is going to say whose name, how they're going to um, refund it, et cetera, et cetera. It, it is usually required in the year someone passes away or if we're dealing with an estate tax return where the person passed away and the money needs to go to the estate. So I need to make sure the paper return she printed off from TurboTax has that. Yes. Make sure there's a 1310 involved. Yes. Thank you. Because I told her to go to IRS. I said, that's, oh, I said, that's crazy. I said, don't paper file your you know, return. And I said, just go to IRS.gov and e-file through free, free file form. Yeah. And um, can she do that? Or she can certainly no? try. I think it's going to kick it out both ways because of the fact of her husband's passing. Got it. I'm going to go call her. Thank you so, so much, Dr. No problem, Friday. Rosie. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Let's hit Mill real quick before the break. Mill, what's happening? Uh, I'm a truck driver, and I had all of my 2020 records at home. I had a fire in October, (gasps) and my fireproof file cabinet wasn't fireproof. (laughs) Not funny, but sort of funny. Um, Okay. Uh, What I have done. All right. I'm old school. I carry a ledger in my truck that has the loads, the mileage, what I was paid, 
and my expenses on the road. Okay. Can we build a tax return from that with no supporting documents? Yes. I would definitely keep the tax, uh, the the uh, fire or proof that there had been a fire or some sort of disaster, right? So you can prove the tax law allows you to recreate it to the best of your abilities. This would be your best of your abilities. So the answer is yes, Mel. Okay. Yeah, because my ledger uh, would have notes in it that I may not have receipts for. Right. And and they would have an understanding of that. I mean, if it's completely different from other years and completely wonky, but I mean, I'm assuming you've been a truck driver for a number of years and you filed taxes on that. There is certain statistics and certain things, but as long as you've got an idea, okay, this is where I went and you've got a ledger that was maintained in the during the time that you were doing it, because a lot of times people try to have to recreate same pin, go back, create a whole new ledger. And then they're like, well, how do you know this is right? You maintain that the whole time. So they're going to accept that ledger over other types of documents. Um, obviously, if we can't produce the receipts because of a fire, that's not something you could have helped. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for calling, Mel. Appreciate it. Bye. All right, guys, we're going to take our last break here. So if you've been waiting anxiously to try to ask a question, now is the time to call 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back. We are back here live in studio. If you need some help with taxes, you need to pick up the phone, 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. Taking your call, talking about my favorite subject, which is taxes. So if you've got something, you know, it's the season. It's time for us to get things going, make sure everything is moving forward, getting all the things happening. And we only have a little time before, you know, the season's going to be over. It's already and don't forget, this is a big reminder to anyone that has a partnership, a corporation, basically any business that has more than one person in it. You remember those tax returns are due March 15th. That is not this Monday, but next Monday, those returns are due and or filing an extension. So that's very important to see if that you've got that taken care of and you're moving in the right direction. Penalties on those can be extremely high. So you don't want to be the person that's just waiting for that or doing something. So um, again, make sure you file an extension on any business that has more than one person. That's probably the easiest way to remember. Those are due on March 15th. Um, so if you have questions on those, make sure when you're doing your taxes, I know I keep saying this, but oh, and don't forget on a lot of people, and I've had one that makes a pretty big difference. So as a tax person, the last year or two, we really haven't been asking questions as far as charitable contributions, right? We have we have really haven't done much and said, oh, do you have charitable contributions? Because there wasn't a lot of hope for it. But guess what? This year there is. So make sure if you have given $300 or less, you can add that to above the line deduction above the itemizing. So make sure people are getting that on there because I've reviewed a couple tax returns already and people are not seeing that. So it is an above the line deduction you can have on there. So just make sure that you have that, um, you know, if you did file, if you don't have any charitable, no big deal, you're off, no better, no worse. Um, and you still get your standard deduction. So it doesn't have any effect on you that way. 
Um, but I just want to make sure that you're doing your taxes. You see that and you can put that in there as an addition uh, to what you have going on. So if you have college kids, children that are um, on their own kind of, but not necessarily totally on their own, um, remember you, you basically have um, the child credit and under this new tax, um, what do they call it, stimulus check that's coming out. I'm not exactly sure, but it sounded like they were trying to add, if you have children under the age of six, there's going to be some additional tax benefits next year on the tax return. There's going to be some extra money coming one direction or the other. So we just need to make sure that you're filing your taxes, making sure you're in line to be able to do what you need to do to get your stimulus money, because I know a lot of people are having a hard time and can't really take care of it. All right, let's see what James has to say. I know I'm a little ahead of you there. James, what's happening? Hey, how you doing today? Um, well, what it is, is I filed my taxes, submitted them the first day I could. And um, I had the little, on the where's my refund, I had the indicator. And uh-huh. uh, about a week or so ago, it just disappeared. And it doesn't give me any sort of like a reason code. Because I know this had happened before, and I had owed some taxes in a different state. But I don't have a reason code this time, and I was just wondering if I needed to be concerned. Or so you went into where's my refund, and the basically says your refund is no longer available. Uh, right, it's saying they're processing it, uh, and they would give me a date. I guess when they got one. Right. Well, I will tell you this. If you have back student loans, if you have other state tax returns, if you're behind on child support, and I'm not saying any of that applies to you, James, but they will hold refunds for those reasons. Okay. So if any of those apply, they may have actually, uh, and you'll get a letter, I'm sure if it's happened in the past, at least for some of my clients it has, they usually send a letter saying your refund has now been applied to, and they'll give a reason of whatever it went applied to. So, um, but they can apply any of those different reasons for your refund, even with the stimulus checks, which is kind of funny because they initially said that the stimulus checks weren't going to be applying to things, but I have not yet seen where it hasn't been offset to back taxes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, James. Sorry to have a better answer. <laughs> thank you. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Bye. And that's a tough one, guys. And I know sometimes that if you want to know where you're refunded, the easiest place we send everyone to is go to irs.gov, irs.gov, and click on it. And then you'll say, where's my refund? And for 80% of people, it will give you a basic answer saying your refund should be expected in your bank or it will mail on this date. And that makes life so nice and simple. But then there's sometimes it will say um, still processing. And we've had some of those. They'll say that for six 10 weeks. So the question is, what are they processing? Now we have found out uh, from the IRS in some cases, the process is taking longer because some of the employers had not filed W-2s. And so they're having to go back to the uh, employee and asking for you to attach a copy of your W-2 or to fax that into them so they have proof that you actually had the earnings because they don't have the Social Security match. It's not posted properly in there. So that is one reason where you could have it held up for nothing that you did wrong, but the government can't release uh, refunds if they don't have the matching W-2 that go into the system. So that's kind of an important thing to deal with. So again, I would t- keep an eye on it. And if it's been like the first caller one, the first ones we had where it had been, you know, four weeks, I would give it about six weeks. And then I would try to 
fight my way through the phone lines to see if I could get a representative and see if they could tell you what's holding up the possibility of the tax refund. Um, because at that point, they either have missing documentation or have something else to do with their situation. All right, let's hit Dave. What's happening, yes, Dave? I've got a question about, uh, I do TurboTax, and I got a traditional IRA and a Roth, and I don't see any place on there to, to list those. Am I missing something? Um, it should be on Schedule 1 um, okay. that you would have the ability to go and let's see what line number that would be. It is on line 19 of Schedule 1, IRA deductions. And they're in that same, when you, you will click that and you should take you to a form that would then allow you to enter your Roth total value of your Roth total value of your, um, uh, it's a IRA contribution worksheet should come up. Okay. So not just the contribution for this year, but it should have my overall total. Yes. There is actually a place where you can put your total in there as well as your Roth, because as you know, Roth is not deductible on the tax return, but it's still trackable. Okay. I didn't and you know want to put it put in, that in there. And... Yes. Uh, the Roth will be, and, and again, it, you will find if you, if you can find the IRA contribution worksheet and I use the professional version, but it's pretty, pretty much the same thing at the very top, it will give you SEP simples, Roth IRAs and, uh, Cordell savings accounts all there. Uh -huh. So you should be able to find all of those in there because you are going to want to track them. And if you contributed both to a standard IRA and a Roth IRA, you want to put them both in there. Just make sure that you didn't over contribute, uh, contribute or whatever. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. All righty, guys, we're getting down to the end of the show. So if you have questions, you can certainly email those to Friday at drfriday.com. Friday at drfriday.com. I will tell you that it's probably going to take us a few days to answer some of those questions. We are getting a little busy here. It is the season and no complaints, but just uh, be patient. And you can also leave us a message uh, Monday morning at 615-367-0819. Even if you haven't filed taxes in a number of years, this is the year you, you, know, you want to go ahead and file. For one, if you haven't received the stimulus checks, it will be refundable on the tax return. So at least it would give you something. You don't want to lose those stimulus checks or those refund checks for any reason just for not filing. So it'd be important to go ahead and get those filed, get them done, move them forward. Um, and that way, you know, you can do what you need to do. Again, if you need help, you can call us at 615-367-0819 or email friday at drfriday.com. If you want to know more about me, you can also check us out on the web at drfriday.com. That's D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. Hope you guys are having an awesome Saturday. I know I am. Get to go back to work here and get some work done. But if you, um, hopefully you guys will enjoy your Saturday and have a great time. And I hope you catch us again next Saturday at 2 p.m. on the Dr. Friday Show. Call you later. <laughs>